Do you want to become better? Do you want to become more confident? Do you want to become more handsome? Do you want to become more knowledgeable in a certain field or a certain area? Buy this course, buy this book, take these supplements. Here's what you need to do in order to be healthier, smarter, better, faster, more attractive, whatever it may be. Folks, today we're talking about this idea of self-improvement and its relationship with mental health, perfectionism, and also capitalism. So we are in an era right now, and maybe this is an inappropriate thing to say because we've always had this idea of wanting to improve. If you look in the media, makeup's always been sold from Arnold Schwarzenegger days of bodybuilding and how people should look, the way to take care of ourselves, the 6 a.m. morning routine. So we've always kind of had these ideas of these role models that we've looked up to, these people that the media made look as if we should worship them and we should follow their routines for how to live our lives. One of the things that we know impacts mental health is social media usage. So you start thinking, well, what is social media? Well, social media is a way to keep in touch with people that you know and also to be able to follow and check out the lives of people who you don't know personally. Right now, I can go on my phone, on Instagram, find Cristiano Ronaldo and figure out where he's been the last couple of days. Maybe he's got a photo of himself on a boat. Maybe it's of him eating breakfast, whatever it may be. And what we end up doing is we end up comparing ourselves to these individuals. Now, this creates a disparity between where I am, where he is, and where I'd like to be. Without a doubt, folks, this isn't going to surprise anyone. This impacts our emotions in the short term and then our mood in the long term. If all we're seeing are guys that are jacked and they're big bodybuilders and I'm not that jacked bodybuilder, it makes me think that there's something that I'm missing. There's a gap here. There's something that I need to be better at. Same thing with women who look at makeup and plastic surgery. So it's not like one sex has it worse. Okay. This goes all around. It's almost universal. So the tricky thing becomes there's certain things that we want and there's people out there. There's big pharma, there's supplement companies, there's personal trainers who recognize this need. And they say, well, look, the problem here is you feel desperate because you don't look that great. Let me help you look better. I'm a dating coach. I'm a confidence coach. I'm a whatever, whatever coach or buy this supplement or buy my book. I'll teach you the secret to blah, blah, blah. And then when we invest in this stuff, the thing that's promised to us is, look, if you want to be more confident or be more blah or be more blah, I can give it to you for this price. And the problem here is that my first question is, folks, if you're looking online and or if you're if you want to better yourself, whether it's personality based, whether it's financial based, whether it's relationship based, your first question should be why? Why is this something worth striving towards, worth putting, worth investing in both time and financially? And if you do decide this is important, it's important to recognize, like, how do you feel not having those things? And how do you think you'll feel once you achieve those things or once you, you get those things? So the tricky thing becomes, let's take a topic like dating, for instance. If you go online, you type in dating, you're going to see a bunch of different stuff about how to date, the best pickup lines um, for girls, what to do to be more attractive, what sort of clothing to wear so the guys come approach you, how to look at them, different signals to give. So there's so much information out there about what to do, how you should act, what you should not do. 
to give people advice and try to help them reach their goal of whatever, being more attractive, sleeping with more people, whatever it may be. Here's where it becomes tricky. When there's so much advice out there about what to do, you got to take a step back and really think about what they're telling you. So when a person says, look, when a girl says, I'm 24 years old, I've never been asked out on a date before, like, what am I doing wrong? And she goes to YouTube and the advice is all, you just have to be better looking. You just have to hit the gym more. You just have to buy more expensive clothing. You have to wear more makeup. You have to go to parties more and laugh really obnoxiously. You have to do all these things to improve yourself. And then when you improve yourself, then you will become worthy of someone's love. Right now you're a six out of 10. And if you get a haircut and you get your butt bigger and you learn how to cook, you'll become an eight out of 10. Then you'll be worthy. You'll check off the boxes. Mr. Wright will come in and swoop you off your feet. Now, at first, I was going to say first glance, but that doesn't make sense. At first, listen, that sounds like very practical advice. Hey, you want to be more attractive? You want to be more favorable? Try being someone that someone would actually want. Like, try having certain personality traits or having certain competencies that people would enjoy being in your presence. People would enjoy having you on their team. And would learning how to cook, would being a little bit kinder or a bit more assertive, would that stuff make you a more desirable partner? Sure. But does that necessarily mean you have to check those boxes in order for someone to look at you in a romantic way? So do we look at this 24-year-old girl who's single and go, the reason you're single is because you don't know the big secret. You have to buy my book. And then she buys this book and it's talking about how she has to be more assertive and she has to go out with her friends more, but make sure to take a photo and put it on Instagram stories so other people can see how much fun she's having. And they got to think to themselves, wow, what a fun girl to be around. I wish I was there with her right now. Like, is that really the missing key? And I'm not here to, to tell you it's one way or another. I'm, I'm really asking you. Because in one sense, we have these checkboxes and what checkboxes do is they give us something to aim at, right? Great, awesome, a trajectory, we can be better, self-improvement is good. I can be smarter and funnier and kinder. But folks, what happens when, in the words of Healthy Gamer, we keep moving goalposts? So what happens when that girl that I just talked about who's never been asked out on a date before, she gets a haircut, she gets the makeup, she learns how to cook, she gets a bigger butt, and the guy still isn't approaching her or the guys aren't approaching her? What happens then? Well, one out of two things usually come to mind. Not to make it a dichotomy. There can be multiple variables, but here's some common ones. Well, one thought is, well, maybe I'm just not there yet. Maybe this, Maybe my teeth have to be straighter. Maybe I have too much acne. Maybe it's because I have a cat. Maybe it's because I don't have any cats. So, oh, this wasn't enough. Let me just add another thing. Let me just check another box. And if I check this other box, it'll make me even more desirable, even more attractive, and then they'll want me. And what happens? Low mood. I go on to social media. I see other girls being in relationships or whatever other guys being in relationships. I see that they have what I want. I end up buying a book or buying a course or buying a gym membership, not because I love going to the gym, not because it's fun, but because I'm trying to check off that box in my head to become more desirable, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I want you to think about 
where that comes from, deep down in your heart, this idea of I'm not enough as I am, so let me go do more and let me go get these external things. As a man, oh, I'm not enough, so let me go earn more money so that I can be enough. And if I earn more money, I become more attractive. More attractive, more girls would be interested in me. And if they become more interested in me, I'm going to feel better about myself. There's a lot of people listening that are like, Daniel, that logic sounds perfect. Like, that sounds great to me. I don't see what the problem is, which is fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would imagine there's also some people listening to this or who... The narrative is changing from, oh, what's wrong with wanting to get better? Versus taking a step back and saying, look, I'm never going to be perfect. Neither is my partner. I can continually strive to better, or if anything, it's a good thing. But that doesn't mean I'm flawed. That doesn't mean I have to wait until I start making a crazy amount of money before I can get into a relationship. That doesn't mean because... I'm not in the physical best shape, that I'm not worthy of love. At the end of the day, there's many checkboxes. But here's reality. You won't be able to check them all off. You never will. You can continuously try to, which is fine, and maybe your other partner does as well, but whoever you're meeting also doesn't have them all checked off. So one of the tricky things becomes, when we're checking off all these things in our head, I hope, be careful how I say this. The moment we put ourselves at such a high standards, there's so many things I have to hit, there's so many checkboxes I have to meet, we're gonna put our partners through the same rigorous criteria. If I meet a girl, she has to look like this, she has to be this, she has to be that. If I meet a guy, he has to hit this, 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 this box. And what happens is you start to discriminate and the applicant pool becomes very small. And when it becomes small, one, you're going to think you're not enough and you have to do more, be better looking, be bigger, be stronger, be fitter, lose the belly fat in order to be good enough. And it's going to make it harder finding a suitor because the applicant pool is so tight. You're using that same criteria that you're using on yourself for whoever you want to date. So in one sense, you have people who go, nobody finds me attractive. But then when they get DMs from this, this, this person, oh, well, She's not good looking enough and he's not tall enough and he doesn't make enough money and blah, 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 blah. And then it becomes a question of, well, I don't want to lower my standards, Daniel. I don't want to settle for someone. It's like, fair enough. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I would never advise you to do one or another. But at the very least, I think it, it opens up a really interesting conversation about what are our standards exactly? And what we're aiming for, is it realistic? And we recognize that the more checkboxes we have, the more discriminatory we become, the smaller the applicant pool becomes. It's different saying, I want to date a guy who makes six figures, who should at least make six figures, versus I want to date a guy who's ambitious. I want to date a girl who looks extremely fit like a supermodel, versus I'd like to date a girl who values exercise and exercise is part of her everyday life do you see what i just did there folks do you see how you know when it, when we say lowering standards or settling 
but you can take something that's really set in the bar and if you can modify it a little bit now it can it can change and if we can change our beliefs and we can change the way we look at things it'll simultaneously change our feelings about it because what happens if you're still continuing to improve yourself and yet simultaneously i know this is really weird you recognize like i am worthy of whatever of this promotion of a relationship of whatever you're working on and just because i haven't checked all the boxes doesn't mean i should wait i'm going to check all the boxes and the moment i do i'm going to get the promotion and i'm going to get the scholarship and i'm going to get the opportunities not necessarily could it be more probable sure is it a guarantee i don't know about that so when we're looking at mood it's really important to recognize where self-improvement can lead to this idea of perfection if i just made a little bit more money if i was just a little bit better at this if i was just a little bit of a better dancer if i just worked a little bit harder i could get that promotion maybe or maybe not and if the answer is maybe not we have to figure out what can we do about that so when someone says why have i not gotten the promotion at work and we say oh just work harder or i'm in school i'm studying and I still haven't aced a single test. Oh, you're just not studying hard enough. Folks, what am I doing? I'm placing the burden of responsibility entirely on the individual. And in one sense, again, it sounds very practical. Oh, these are things that I can do myself, that I can do on my own to help better my life. These are very practical things, awesome. But also what we miss is if I don't talk about society, if I don't talk about the environment that you were raised in or what the people around you are looking for, it would be inappropriate for me to put that entire burden on you. There's only so much you can control. There's also a lot that you can't control for. So this idea of wanting to improve yourself, what if there's certain things you just can't improve? What if there's a guy or a girl that you're interested in who's interested in something that you literally cannot improve? What if you're at work and your supervisor is looking for something that you don't have or that you can't have for some reason? And then you come to me and you say, Daniel, how can I get a promotion at this work that I think is racist because I'm Middle Eastern or because I have a darker skin color? And then if my response to you is, oh, just be better. Just keep improving yourself. Sometimes it's the environment. It's got nothing to do with you. Now, a word of caution when we lean to either extremes. If I put the entire burden of responsibility on you, if you fail, that means it's your fault. If you win, that means it's entirely your fault. And in that case, we're missing some variables. On the other hand of the spectrum, if I say, look, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no matter anything you can do will improve your chances at work or at school. This professor just has it out for you. The system has to change. She has to get fired. Well, like, what do you do about that? You show up, you say, Daniel, my professor's a real hard ass and I'm I don't know why she marks everything really, really tough and she tests things that weren't in the textbook. And if I say, look, there's nothing you can do about it. Some professors are just like that. I mean, I'm really not... How empowering does that feel to say there's a situation and there's nothing you can do about it? It doesn't feel very good, does it? So the reality of the situation is there are multiple variables involved. Some include the individual and what they can do. And some are... 
in relation to the environment and the influence that the environment has, which we can a little bit have an influence on, but a lot of the times we don't have any influence on whatsoever. So when we're looking at the relationship between mood, between mental health, between perfectionism, between self-improvement, it comes off very contradictory. Even though I really want to hammer this point home, you can still be all about self-improvement. But as long as we recognize there's a different narrative and we can entertain different ideas, we can simultaneously hold the idea, look, it's great to improve yourself, to start reading, to learn new skills, learn new competencies, become a better person, and yet still hold this idea of, I might not be able to check all the boxes that my employer wants to see or that my professor wants to see. And the other classmates in class probably haven't checked all the boxes, even though from afar, it looks like they have it all figured out. And if the only way I'll be satisfied is if I've done everything perfectly, maybe I'll never be satisfied. Maybe I'll never submit the essay because I can't make it perfect. Maybe I'll never submit that job application because I can't make the perfect resume. So I just, I'll hold off on applying for three months until I can make it perfectly. Versus the person who's just applying them, even if he thinks they're at 85, 90%, okay, I'll start applying. Like the, the way it's written and the content and the layout of it. So at the end of the day, the discussion becomes this. On the surface, self-improvement sounds amazing and if you still have some hesitation about what i've said today that's totally valid my only hope was that we can take a look from a different perspective these ideas that we've already heard about these ideas that we're fans of and we can sit back and go where does this idea of self-improvement come from why do i want to do this how does this make me feel how would I feel after I had these things? And is that okay? And good people. There's only one person who can tell you if that's okay or not. Look in the mirror. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.